Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. listening to this belly up sports podcast network product some said we go belly up so we made it our name and we're still here Welcome back to another astounding episode of Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. I'm Nick, and with me, as always, is Anthony the Rook. Up that way, excuse me. They got me in this weird corner. I don't know where I'm pointing anymore. Oh, all right, we'll fix you. There you go. There you go. There Anthony go. the Rook, TJ, who is hammered, and our intern stack guy Sal, and we're here once again, back in a not so New York kind of mood. I'm out here in Nashville, Tennessee, as you can tell from my garb. Uh, <laughs> Here for a bachelor party for our buddy Rich, but uh, we're here tonight and we're doing our show and I'm on location and it's going to be pretty fantastic. Big show tonight. Uh, not too many things going on in sports. However, we do have quite a few guests uh, with us tonight uh, here for a multitude of reasons. One of them being uh, our new segment that we're doing. Uh, we're doing WWE Trivia. Uh, with regard to the Attitude Era, which is, for me, the golden age of of wrestling, if you will. But we've got some March Madness discussions to have. Uh, PGA picks and uh, New York Rangers are struggling right now. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, the NBA is going on as, us- as usual. And we'll also give a look at uh, the MLB lockout that's currently ongoing. And as always, our super popular and beloved Does Gen Z Know? But we'll kick it off real quick. I'm going to talk about uh, a little uh, cross-pollination that we've got going on uh, with uh, the Squared Circle on Twitter and Instagram, uh, our buddy Matt over there. Uh, he and I are working on a little bit of a like a WWE uh, discussion, little short clips. Uh, it's going to be called In That Very Squared Circle. It's a little bit of a hybrid mix between us and uh, the Squared Circle over on Twitter and Instagram. And we're going to be discussing some stuff for the lead up to WrestleMania, which is taking place uh, later this month. But to start things off, we're going to go with March Madness. So, Rook, why don't you talk to me about that? Because I completely couldn't care less about college basketball. I know. For college basketball is exciting. I know, I know TJ doesn't like basketball, but he does like 
college basketball. Correct? I like college basketball as far as betting it. I like watching it <laughs> as far as especially as you get lower and lower into uh, the tournament. It's exciting because wow, people actually play basketball like they go hard. They they try their best. They don't pussyfoot around and cry and complain and try to take flops like it's all of a sudden soccer. So I I will watch it, but I don't have a team. I don't have a horse in the race. Um, I couldn't tell you who's the best player in uh, the NCAA right now or anything like that. I do enjoy watching it, though. It's some yeah. white kid that's probably not going to perform well in the NBA. <laughs> that's not true. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, back to March Madness. So March Madness is coming up in a couple weeks. March 17th starts the official first round. They have the playing games pre- uh, prior to that, which will start on, let's see, for, I think on the 15th. Um, so then uh, right now, the reason why I bring up March Madness is because this Saturday is Coach K's legendary Coach K, his final game in Duke Cameron Indoor Stadium, which is one of the you know iconic college basketball uh, arenas to play basketball in. And obviously, you know, they've had the Krzyzewskiville, which is where all the Duke students hang out and they camp out waiting for tickets. So they've actually been having like a week long rager pretty much. I saw some videos. They're all preparing. They're all like waiting 72 hours in advance to get tickets uh, the stu- to the student section uh, for Coach K's last game in uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium. So that's that's pretty big. Duke's lining up right now. They're having a pretty good year. They're lining up to probably be about a, a two seed. Um, you know, we still have we're a couple weeks away from where the the brackets get you know announced and where everyone is seated. But that's where Duke's kind of lining up at this point. Um, you know, this is this between this week and next week is what we call championship week. So we have, you know, um, we have, you know, every conference is going to have their championship tournaments uh, prior to that. And this is what I like. And, you know, TJ said before gambling on March madness is this like day gambling is back. So like when you're bored at work, you throw on ESPN three and find some random conference, like the Southern college, college basketball, even and watch college basketball and gamble on it. So, a um, couple of teams that we follow, uh, well, I follow personally because I know obviously teachers have a, have a team. Nick doesn't watch it at all. But Hofstra coming up uh, March March 6th this Sunday. They're starting to play in the Colonial Athletic uh, Association Championship. I went to Hofstra, so I'm an alumni there. So I do – I'm rooting for them. Uh, they're currently a three seed. Um, they're playing against Charleston, who they destroyed uh, earlier this week. Um, so it's looking like they – you know, maybe they'll get back into the semifinals. Or final uh, for Hofstra in order to get into the tournament, they're going to have to win their conference. Um, for these smaller market teams, they need to get into their, they need to win the championship in order to to make the tournament. Um, but I'm excited. Gambling, you know, this is like the biggest time for gambling besides the Super Bowl is March Madness. So I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I just wanted to touch on it a little bit because obviously with Coach K being such a legendary coach, him having his final game against North Carolina this Saturday um, should make for uh, you know good television. Uh, you know, probably break down his career. Um, and that, I mean, that's pretty much that's what I have to say about, uh, you know, March Madness as of right now. Another team we follow is Wagner College, who's uh, in Staten Island. Um, so I think they're currently playing right now. Or they, or they already played because they're the Northeast Conference. Their tournament started already. So um, other than that, just look forward to uh, some big – whoops. <laughs> that was an ad playing on my phone. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, look forward to to that. Um, but moving on from there, I know we have a couple guests. One of them is waiting right now, and then waiting for them to show up. So we're not moving on to WWE trivia. But if anyone has any other points to make, Sal, do you watch uh, college basketball? Because you're a big basketball fan. 
I watch during March Madness. I that's the most exciting time to watch college basketball. Right. Um, yeah. So I'll fill out a bracket. You know, if I, it usually gets busted after like the first game I watch. So then I just throw it out. I'm like, all right, let's just throw this bracket out. It's all busted up. But I'm excited to watch it. I get excited every year to watch it. Yeah, that's typical. Uh, you know, we have the office. You know, the random woman who just picks based upon mascots wins the tournament when, like, right. someone who watches basketball all year round loses. Uh, you know, they'll win the, the, the office pool. Uh, but it but is going to be bizarre not to see Coach K coaching Duke after this season. It's just going to be so weird. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Definitely uh, John Shire taking over. Uh, you know, he played for Coach K for the longest of time. So, yeah, it's going to be strange seeing on the sidelines uh, with no, uh, no more Coach K. You, TJ, you excited for some uh, March Madness gambling? Yeah, I'm definitely excited for a little day uh, daytime gambling. Um, I like checking out the lines. I, I, yeah. You know what? That I got to say, though, the one thing I really enjoy about this tournament is just it. every year there's some kind of Cinderella story. You know, this, yes. that team that will just screw up everybody's bracket and piss everybody off. And that's how the – you know, person at the office that piss, picks based on mascots and stuff wins because it, it's just it, it happens every year. And I love those oh, yeah. shot in the dark teams that just like and, and you know what that that's what makes it exciting because when a team like that can go on a run and they're just they're playing off a of pure you know adrenaline and hype, it, it's fun to watch. That's like basketball is fun in those situations. I mean, NBA basketball to me is boring. Sorry, I know you guys enjoy it. I, I just it's just back and forth nonsense. I think every every NBA game should just be like two and a half minutes long, because essentially eighty five percent of the time it comes down to the last fucking two and a half minutes, yeah. and it takes about thirty minutes to watch those two and a half minutes between the fouling and the nonsense. It's just I, I'm not into it. Sorry. Yeah, what I like about March Madness, what you're saying with Cinderella stories, is like if you see a lower seed, like if it's a fifteen beating a two or like a fourteen. When that lower seed starts winning and the crowd who are not there for that team, they start getting into it. It's almost like you're playing an away game when you're the, yeah. you're the favorite. Um, so it is, it is tough. It's a tough environment uh, throughout, especially when you're playing. I mean, everything is neutral site when it gets to March Madness. But when you're playing, you know, in these stadiums like Cameron Indoor, is like it's insane there. Like you'll, you'll see the, all the Duke fans is like going in the guy's face like this when he's trying to inbound the ball. It's insane. So college basketball is fun. I always enjoy it. You know, Nick hates it, but uh, – I like I like seeing uh, some of the the clever things that people do during free throws behind the hoop. Yeah, <laughs> it's always fun. Some ridiculous costumes. Somebody's always dressed up like Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Randy Savage and just sat right behind the hoop doing ridiculous shit. I I really enjoy that. And you gotta love the uh, storm in the courts too. There was a oh, couple yeah. uh, st- uh, court storm last night. I saw the Wisconsin game. Everyone went nuts when Wisconsin won that game, uh, and they got the share of the Big Ten title. So. Uh, that was a pretty big game as well, so uh, that's always fun. But yeah, the, uh, whenever there's an upset, that's when it's time to uh, to start uh, start enjoying some March Madness. Rucker, Rutgers messed up a lot of brackets last year. They had some run. They had some run in that tournament last year. I think I'm trying to remember. I don't remember last year. I don't know why. Yeah, not coming to me. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, there's always that one. I remember Florida, Florida Gulf Coast uh, back in like 2013. I think it was like 2013. They like won. They were 15 seed. They got to the uh, around the 32, I believe, uh, which is impressive for 15 seed. So that's always fun. But um, I guess we're moving on here. 
Uh, well, he just walked away. <laughs> so I guess bring us to our next topic, and then we have everyone ready for trivia. We'll move on to that. Um, what's next, Nick? Uh, next up, we have I guess because we're waiting on uh on that, we're gonna we're gonna talk about PGA picks. Uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational coming up. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for it. So. I'm always excited for this tournament. Um, I, I love this golf course. Last year, we had the uh, explosiveness at number six, Bryson DeChambeau, pretty much driving the green at a par five and pumping up the crowd. He pulled out this year, which sucks. He said he was at uh, about 90%. He, he didn't feel right playing unless he's at 100%. So that uh, we're not going to see those fireworks and people, you know, well, one guy going for the green on that par five. Yeah, it blows, but um, it, it's an absolute great course. It just uh, it sucks not having Arnold Palmer with us. Um, it was always fun seeing the winner, and not just the winner, but any of the PGA uh, you know tour guys that hung around to watch the trophy and uh, the ceremony and the whole thing. Just how they hover around Arnold Palmer, how just just the revenants and, and, and the respect for that man and what he's done for the game and what what he's done in life. I mean, he's you know, built children's hospitals all around Florida. The the guy was he's just a staple of golf and it sucks not having him with us. You know, the rest of drink Arnold Palmer. He, oh yeah. Man has drink a drink right, name right after him. I mean who who would have thought? Who who doesn't come up with that? Ice tea and lemonade. One of the greatest combinations ever. And then you throw some vodka in there and you got the John Daly. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I, I, I love this course. I like the setup. Um this is one of those courses, like uh, I would say, Augusta National, um, that you just see on TV, and it just looks like a video. It looks fake. It looks how green it is, how just you know pristine and immaculate the course is. It, it, it looks like it's not real, and they always set up that course down at Bay Hill so well. Um, I'm really excited. Um, so with Bryson DeChambeau out, you don't have the returning, uh, the defending champ coming yeah. back in. The uh, there's, the lines are pretty good. Um, there's definitely some money to be made out there. Uh, so far this year, I, I would say the surprise is the couple of uh, the couple months of events that we saw. A lot of a lot of first time winners. So, in, and I think the lines are moving that way. Where it's kind of anybody's game. Nobody's really. Rom is you know world number one, but he hasn't been dominant so far this year. Yeah. Um, where where you have, I mean, he's the favorite this year, uh, eight and a half to one. You know, going off at plus eight fifty, but he hasn't gotten it going yet. It's just he he's he's I don't want to say a shell of himself, but he's not a complete player right now. He's not uh the hot hand that he was last year. And uh I I I can see the door being opened up for somebody, you know, either a first time win or uh a lesser known name to come in and uh take this. Um a lot of people are saying this might be, you know, Rory Rory McElroy. Um he's number two. He's going off at 13 to 1 plus 1300. It could be his tournament to take. But the problem with Rory is he's not hitting many fairways right now. He's uh he's all over the place off the tee. He's got the length. Um, I mean, he's he he's that top, upper echelon, that top tier player, but he's another guy that's been struggling to pull it all together, you know. Um so uh, me personally, I'm gonna go my favorite is gonna be Victor Hovland. Uh, Victor Hoblin's playing some solid golf. Um, he's red hot with his iron play, and I think that's what you need down at Bay Hill. I think you need to be accurate your irons. I think you need to stuff the ball in close. Um, 
and that's what we need him to do because it, you know I, I'm taking him as my bet to win. Uh, he's he's not the best uh, chipper of the golf ball around the greens, so I'm hoping he's iron play steps up. He's stuffing those balls in close, um, and then a little bit lower down the list, uh, I'm going to take as my uh, top five. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him win. Is Will Zalatoris? Will Zalatoris has been playing pretty damn well since he came on the scene last year. Um, he's been in the mix for uh, he was in the mix for the waste management. He's he's been right there. And another guy that's had some red hot iron play. The thing that's killing Will Zalatoris is his putting. And as yes, we saw, you know, last week with Daniel Berger and the uh, collapse he had. And it, the funny thing is, it wasn't really a collapse. He was just up by so much because it seemed that nobody else was just stepping up and, and making the shots. But Daniel Berger didn't hold a shot, I think, outside of 30-something inches. It was like three and a half feet. He, he didn't hold a, a, have a one putt outside of like three and a half, four feet. So putting is key. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you, you drive the ball for a show, you putt for dough, as they say. So um, I can see Will Zalatoris. <laughs> I, like I can see Will Zalatoris being there. And if he gets that putter going, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. So those are my two picks. What do you got, Rook? Yeah, so uh, with Daniel Berger, I actually had money on Daniel Berger to win. And on Saturday, after the round, he was up a lot. I'm like, ah, he's up a lot. Maybe I, maybe I won't cash out. And this is where I should have took my own advice because I think I told you a couple weeks ago to cash yeah. out, and you didn't. What so was, what was there uh, with him being up that many strokes? The, what what was it giving you back? Like, you know, uh, 50, 60% of the – Yeah, I was, of, uh, it was probably about 50%. I was yeah. – uh, yeah, it was about 50%. I, I didn't put too much on it. I put like 250 because I bet a, I always buy a bunch of different guys for, for yeah. the winners because uh, they're just so long. Um, so I would put like two fifty on it was to win like forty three dollars, and I was like, I think they gave oh, okay. me twenty three. So, yeah. See, you you yeah. play with money that like you play with fun money. Me, I'm throwing like fifty, forty, fifty bucks around there. So it's like, all right, yeah, I can cash out three hundred bucks. Is that really gonna you know change my week? Yeah. No, but if, if I pull in eleven hundred dollars, I feel pretty damn good. That's a couple steak dinners down at uh. Atlantic City, Morton's, Little Roots, Chris, run the gauntlet. Well, when, I do, when I do the winners, the one and done bets like that, I do I do spread it out. When I bet, you know, the top 10, top 10, I'm putting 15, 20, maybe even 30 on those Ooh. guys. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm not like you still. I'm not a big, I'm not a big gambler. I have a child. It's not, it's not about being – you know what it is? And that's the thing with me with gambling is it's fun to throw a couple bucks on something, but do you really feel like you won – when you know it's like, dude, like, like, let's put it this way: Will Zalatoris, right? Will Zalatoris. If I bet a hundred dollars on him and win twenty nine hundred bucks, yeah. so if I throw a fifty spot on him, you're talking about fourteen hundred and fifty dollars. It, it's that. That's yeah. That's a big to, to spend fifty bucks. Is it going to kill me? No. If I lose that fifty bucks, whatever. You know, it's essentially uh, a quarter of a tank of gas for my truck these days. Let's go, Brandon. But <laughs> but that's <laughs> well, what we, I mean. Like that. Those the, that that. And I don't bet. I don't spread my money around. I don't take crazy that's, bets. That's I don't go big. I, if I, I, put say, I usually I'm betting college basketball every night too. So right. it's not like I'm not just doing. P, so I do PJ a little bit for fun. I'm on the side. Right. So um, when but, I yeah, that's what I mean. I'll I'll put 150 bucks in on a tournament that I, I'm really going for, and I'll, I'll move that around a little bit. But usually between the 30 to 50 dollar range bets, just so because you get that you get that hit, man. It's it's nice. Oh, it's yeah, nice cashing that check. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I remember the one time I bet on Tony Finau. I put some decent money on it. He finally won. I was so happy. Absolutely. Uh, but going with my picks, so you obviously you were talking about Rory before. I agree the same thing. So he could play the long ball, which is important in this course. 
Yep. Uh, but if he's hitting fairways, it's also very important. So if he hasn't been as accurate, yeah, I wasn't going to bet him to to win. Uh, but him top ten uh, is plus one ten right now, uh, and I believe it was on FanDuel. Uh, he had a top ten finish in 2019, 2020, and twenty twenty one, and then he won in twenty eighteen. So right, and he, he had well uh, he had one of the lowest scores I believe since Tiger won it uh, a couple years before that. So I mean that that win for him, he ripped it up that time. So listen, yeah. he's he's got he's got everything in the bag to be able to put up those low numbers. It's just we haven't seen it from him in a while. Yeah, it has been a while. I think it's the fourth event this season so far, too. So maybe, maybe he's starting to gear up and play a little better. Uh, I also like the Victor Hovland. I was going to say, I think I looked up uh, regarding his at uh, the Riviera. He actually gained six strokes due to his iron play. So he's playing well with yeah. the irons, as you said before. Uh, so he's so my. I, I'm also doing little prop bets here because last week I did hit on my prop bet, which was I bet that Patrick Reed would miss the cut, and that was right. <laughs> nice. Um, so this week I'm actually going to say Chris Kirk. Is going to miss the cut. That's going to be one of my prop bets. Uh, it's plus 200. Uh, so last week he actually started off really hot. Uh, he actually finished top, uh, I think it was tied seventh, but he started off really hot on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He started getting a uh, little behind. He only made five total birdies throughout those two days. He had four bogeys and two double bogeys, hit only 50% of the fairways on Saturday, and then 42.86% of fairways on Sunday. So if he's not hitting fairways in this course, I think he's going to have trouble. So that's the reason why I'm going with him to miss the cut if he's following that trend from last week. If he's not playing as consistent as he was on the fr- Thursday or Friday, then maybe we might have a bad start for him and possibly, possibly miss the cuts. And then for Victor Hovland, I do like um, uh, a tournament matchup is my prop bet against Scotty Scheffler. Um, uh, Hovland minus 108. So if Hovland could play better than Scheffler for this tournament, you know, he would make decent money on that one. Um, and then, so last week I went with Christian... Bezin Dunha, I don't know how to pronounce it. He's from South Africa. Um, he just missed the top 20. Um, so he, um, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with him again. Um, with it, I think I'm going to do, I'm probably going to do a top 20 on him. He's plus 170. So that's my other pick. Um, top 10, I'm probably going to bet Rory. And then my pick to win is going to be Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, plus 2,000. Uh, he was tied 10th and tied 9th and runner-up in the past uh, three years. Um, and then back-to-back top tens right now, recently with the Pebble and Scottsdale. Uh, mm-hmm. He missed Genesis due to a stomach bug, so he wasn't there. If you want to bet top 10 or top 20, uh, he's plus 200 in the top 10 and plus uh, 100 if he's in the top 20. So there's some money there, Matthew Fitzpatrick, if you do trust him. Anything, Nick? Yeah, uh, Rook, Rook comes here to Nashville tomorrow. Apparently they have their own um uh they have their own like betting thing here. Like we have DraftKings and, and, and I think I think DraftKings and FanDuel are nationwide, but Caesar yeah. Sportsbook is not. That's exactly. like a that's like a New York, New Jersey thing, apparently. I was unawares, but Rook will be happy to know that when you come to Nashville, they have their own little dealie that you can sign up for and they give you three hundred dollars to gamble with. Nice. Good weekend already. At Dude, least that's what I'm Rich telling is telling you right today. And he Nick, was asking gonna, me about it, and I was like, I don't gamble on sports because I got enough vices in the world. And I'm I, I'm going to drop my phone off uh, to Rook and have him sign me up while he's down there because three hundred free dollars to play, brother. We're, it's we're, called it's called VPN. Try it sometime. Nah, that's they'll think fancy. you're right here with us. That's too fancy. Then, Actually, um, my brother has a VPN. I, I might do that just for the fact that if I'm going to get three hundred free dollars to throw around, I have no problem dropping two hundred dollars on Victor Hovland. 
and cashing in a little three thousand dollar hit. And just be careful with those free plays. Those free plays are not free money. It's going to be free money to play in that app. So you got to spend that. I have to spend that over the weekend. So uh, you <laughs> turn around, you'll be able to spend this over the weekend like this. And who is that man? Emilio. Emilio Estevez, the Mighty Duck man. I swear to God, I was there. <laughs> All right. So what was uh, so once again, just to reiterate our picks one more time for PJ. So you have who's your winner? I took uh, Victor Hovland to win, and I think Will Zalator is top five. Okay, so my top, I'm gonna do I'm not I'm not betting on the top five today, but I'm gonna do top ten Rory winner Matt Fitzpatrick, and then the top twenty four Christian Beza do hoot. I don't know how to pronounce it. He's South African. <laughs> I'm gonna pronounce it with a hoot. Sounds like a South African accent at the end of it. Uh, and dude. then my prop bets Chris Kirk to miss the cut, and then Hovland to bet a uh, matchup against Scotty Scheffler. Um, but I think that's it for uh, PGA talk, and this brings us to. Our uh, two guests tonight we have coming up. It's going to do a quick 30-second break, and then we're going to come back with the wrestling trivia once again. So stick with us. We'll be right back as I pull up the quick ad. 30-second ad. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. goal <laughs> we are live rangers oh, we just scored, so i think it's a tie game now but we are back with our wrestling trivia oh i've got to add sal my bad sal no you're good you're good all right boys this is the main event not really well the main event is here we have main event marks troy thank you for joining us we do yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah no problem uh just pull up what do i have for for this. Oh, I have the hold on. I gotta pull up the WWE trivia logo. And then we can officially start. So scoreboard addicts wrestling trivia. Here we go. For anyone who enjoys wrestling, this would be your your time to tune in and play some trivia with us. So how the game works is we have five questions. Uh each question is worth two points. Uh one of the questions tonight is actually worth three because it's a three-parter. 
Uh, and then in the last question, the fifth question is final Jeopardy question. You risk your points uh, before before the uh, before you give your answer, uh, before the question's read, and then you're going to give the answer, and then we're going to, you know, and then we'll figure out who's the winner at the end of that. I do have a tiebreaker question just in case we do have a tiebreaker. Um, the man's prepared. <laughs> I don't yeah. have a sheet of paper. I'm doing it on my phone again. So we also have here, scrolling on the bottom is our weekly winners. So, so far, week one. We had Nick. Week two was Matt, and week three. So Matt technically is currently <laughs> the champion of the Scobard Axe Wrestling Trivia. So Troy, we brought you in to try to, you know, you're the wrestling guy. I mean, he is too. So is Matt. But we're like, this is the wrestling podcast with Belly Up Sports. We got to bring him in. Main event, Mark. So what? What do we got, Matt? Before we get into the trivia, tell us where we can find you, uh, and tell us a little about your podcast. Oh, uh, well, it's all retro. All the time, uh, five. We go try to go at least five years in the past or more. Uh, we cover news uh, before we get into a long form event review, usually, and then we have one bonus podcast a month. But it drops every single Wednesday. Uh, all of our links are linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Makes it real easy. Uh, you can get our socials, our uh, merchandise stores, anywhere you can hear the podcast, and we actually do brand new content on our YouTube every single day. Okay. Nice. That sounds awesome. Um, well, thank you for joining us. So let me just pull up the questions. Everyone have their notepads ready? I'm ready. I do. Do we have, I, I wish we have, we don't have background music for this one, huh, Nick? I, I don't have anything ready. Uh, I'll work on it for next week though. Yeah. I, I'm on the road, man. Like I don't have my soundboard. I know you don't have the soundboard. We don't have a ding ding. But you do have an awesome cowboy hat. It's true. I was watching uh, Heartbreak and Triumph on the way on the flight here. With the, with the cowboy hat on? Uh, no, because I had headphones on and they didn't fit underneath my hat. They don't fit over the Stetson. Got it. Whatever you got to do there, uh, Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> wow. All don't right. Don't be jealous. All right. Don't be jealous. So, what we're going to do is I'm going to read the question. Everyone write down their answer. And then when you're ready to go, um, just remember to say your answer when I call on you, okay? Because this is also supposed to be audio, not just visual. All right, so question number one. This WWF superstar was trained in several forms of mixed martial arts. However, he lacked microphone skills and had a deadpan personality. He made his WWF debut at the 1997 Survivor Series. He found this niche in the hardcore division and held the WWF hardcore title for several months in 2000. His brutal match at SummerSlam 2000 against Shane McMahon was especially violent. Who is this superstar? Does everyone have their answer? I got it. I don't know if it's right, but I got one. All I right. Let, let us let's know. Start, let's go around the horn here. Let's go. Jabberjaw, what do you got? I'm going to say uh, Dan the Beast Severn. That is incorrect. Ah. All right, TJ. Ken Shamrock? That is incorrect. Troy? Steve Blackman. That is correct. We have a correct answer there. Matt? Steve Blackman as well, the lethal weapon. So two correct answers. And uh, Sal, we're going over to you. That's Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman. Wow. Wow. Good job, boys. Good it was job, that last though. hint that gave it away for me. 
You know, I was gonna say I was gonna say Steve Blackman, but it's funny because Steve Blackman actually was a was a wrestler who only got into <laughs> MMA because he got sick and couldn't get into wrestling. So he was on the cusp of becoming like a professional wrestler, and he got like uh, diverticulitis or one of those uh, intestinal diseases, and couldn't make it to WWE. So he got into MMA in the interim. Okay. And then he got back into WWE when he recovered because he lost like 80 pounds because of whatever disease he caught. Damn. Oh, wow. It was the, uh, the no mic skills for me that gave it away. Well, yeah. Damn, yeah. <laughs> mic skills either. Well, oh, let's yeah. just, uh, do me a favor. Can you just keep track of everyone's score? Just do a little quick tally. Sure. That's why we got an intern. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So question number two for the WWE wrestling trivia. The Attitude Era was not for everyone, and those who couldn't make the transition soon found themselves either with other federations or out of work. One such star was this supersized heavyweight who literally steamrolled the competition in WCW from 1992 to 1994. In 1996, after his arrival, he got a heavy heel push and nearly defeated the WWF heavyweight champion, Shawn Michaels. When the Attitude Era began... To really get rolling, this grapple was nothing more than a glorified jobber and soon left. Who is this superstar? Wow. That's a so, tough one. I, I wasn't sure how I would do with this. I I wasn't sure if my questions would be good because I'm not really that big in the WF, but I, I did a little research and Google and it sounds very it sounds very thorough, so it sounds good. It does. Yeah, well, that's that's the point. That's what I wanted to do. That's why I felt like I, I wanted Sal to do the guessing and let me do the uh, the raids on the asking I questions. I can hear the train coming. It's rolling around the bend. <laughs> Literally, I can hear trains going. <laughs> Does everyone have their answers in? Is everyone locked in? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got it. All right. So around the horn again. Jabberjaw, who do you got? I'm going to say Big Van Vader. That's, I believe, I had Vader, so that's probably the same guy, That's the same guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, TJ, who do you have? I'm wrong. Okay. (laughs) Troy, who do you got? Vader. Vader. So we have two two for two over there. Matt, you got to say it, buddy. Vader. Matt, you have to say what your answer is. Oh, I did. Vader. Vader. It's Vader time. All right. So you guys are all two for two on the bottom there. Nick's one for two. Uh, so keep track of the score there. So this next one is a three-part. It's not as in-depth as my last two questions. But who – I'm sorry, no, this is a two-parter. I, I changed it. Uh, so it's actually a two-parter. So you have to get both parts. If you get one of the two parts, you get partial credit. So who did Stone Cold Steve Austin defeat at King of the Ring 1996 to become that year's winner? Two-parter. How is that two parts? So he has to. Uh, it's there's two. There was two matches in 1996 of King of the Ring, the semifinals and the finals. Oh, so you want to know? You want me to know who he defeated both? Yes. Oh shit! If you got one, if you got one or the other, I that's got one. That's one. it. I'm not getting two. If as long as you have oh. one, that's fine. You get partial credit. Partial credit's trash. All right, I don't believe that crap. You're well, right, bad, or you're wrong. That's it. You get it anyway, Matt. You look like you're. Look, Matt looks like he's taking the LSAT right now. <laughs> you know what? It's the second one that I'm having a little trouble. We don't have all night, so it doesn't matter. I think I might have it. So, Matt, you don't have this. I'm very disappointed. 
Yeah. How's everyone else finding the questions? Difficult, Troy. What are we, what are we matching up here? You like it? Yeah. Um, I I had to think for a second. I was like, we we reviewed this show on my podcast, so I had to think back. I was like, <laughs> so he had a little advantage. He studied the by, test without even. By, by the way, uh, Big yeah. Van Vader also is the father of Frankie Stacchino on Boy Meets World. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. That's why big I Frankie kind of and little Frankie. Yeah. Big Frankie and little Frankie, yes. <laughs> That's why I picked that one. Vader's um, name is not Frankie. <laughs> no. no. All right, so Nick, Jabba Joe, what do we got? I only know one, Jake the Snake Roberts. And it is, give him one point. he now. defeated to win, and thus uh, Bible thumping Jake the Snake. You talk about your John 316. Austin three sixteen says I just whooped your ass. <laughs> TJ, I'm wrong. I said Shawn Michaels. Okay, so <laughs> uh, Troy, what do we got? Uh, I had to. Re- they're out of order because I I was like, who did he defeat first? It, it, it came Mark Marrow and Jake Roberts. Yes, that is correct. Give him two points there. So. Marrow busted his mouth. He had to go get stitched up before the main event. Yeah, look at that. Marvelous Marvel. Mark Marvel. on the scene. I only got one. Time. I got Jake Wild the Snake. Man. My other choice was Savio Vega. But as soon as you said yeah. Mark Mirror, I remembered the stitches, not knowing what happened, and that's a good one. Yeah. All right, Scott, who'd you get? Mark Marrow and Jake Roberts. Wow. The youngin coming through. I just thought rewatching WWF. Whoa. Jesus. <laughs> you should hear our review of that show. We kind of go in depth on some of that stuff. Oh, there you go. So there you go. Check out the uh, King of the Ring 1996 podcast for uh, the main event marks. So Cheap number load. four we have here. Um, name the four members of the union, a.k.a. up yours. So this is a four-pointer. Actually, this is the one that was a four-pointer. Sorry, I don't know why I said three before. Four-pointer. And then I'll give you a bonus point. If you could figure out what up yours stands for, and you don't have to write that one down. If you could just, if you know it, you could say it later. So, let's be a little, I need a little Jeopardy music. Do, 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 do. I feel like TJ's tuned out here. Yeah. I, this one was tough, TJ. I, made, I purposely made it hard. Wait, there's, a, there's a bonus, you said? If you could, if you could get the what uh, up yours stands for. Because they're the union, but they're AKA also known as Up Yours. This is a tough one. Wow. Yeah, this is not not Final Jeopardy either. You outdid yourself. How many did you say? Four? There's four Four members of the union. They weren't around very long. Nope, they were around 30 days, and that's it. And they used to go against the corporate ministry. That's why they formed. Yeah. Give you that help. That's a little hint in case anyone needs needs it. Does anyone need more time? We gotta... No, I got it. I don't. I think I'm not, I'm not going to get the fourth guy. All right, let's start with Sal this time. Let's go around the other way. Sal, what do we got? All right, I got Mankind, Test, Big Show, and Ken Shamrock. That is correct. Yes, I was just double checking your answers against my answer sheet, <clears throat> and you are correct, sir. Matt- I have the same as well. Test, Big Show, Shamrock, and Mankind. Okay. Do you want the? Bonus? We'll do it later. We'll do it later. All right. Uh, Troy, who do you got? Uh, I got three out of four. I couldn't remember the fourth guy. I put Albert Test, Big uh, Show, Ken Shamrock. Correct. Oh, well, partially correct. So, give him three points there, Sal. 
So okay. TJ's not going to give an answer out of that, I doubt. He will. So <laughs> if you look closely, I wrote Mankind Big Show Test, and then I started writing Ken Shamrock, and I was like, wait, he was in the corporation, and I scribbled it out. And then integrity check, when he said Ken Shamrock, I didn't try to sit here and be like, oh, wait, hold on, Ken Shamrock. <laughs> I, I originally wrote it and then crossed it out. <laughs> well, that's good. All right. Well, With then, a hat good like Nick. that, I knew you had integrity. Yeah, give through more points. I got one of the three eyes. He got three of them. Remember, the union was formed actually after the corporation broke up and became the corporate ministry, right? Is that correct? And they were to pay against the corporate ministry. So does anyone know what up yours stands for? I'll give you a bonus point. I can't remember, honestly. I remember that two by fours. They did And for a split second, I was like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, wasn't he in that? And then I was like, <laughs> that was part of like their picketing. Like, yeah. they said they were going to like shove it up their ass. I don't remember. Like, it's that's the wasn't, only thing I could remember. Wasn't Vince involved with that? I remember Vince. No, he was the opposition. He was the opposition. I remember Vince being in the at ring first, with a two by four. At first, Vince with was until he did the It's Me, Austin. Yeah. Which Would Matt ever so lovingly uh, impersonated last week on the show. He did, yes. So up yours, since no one knows, uh, it stands for the Union of People You Ought to Respect, son. Oh, I remember that now. All right. Uh, <laughs> Matt Foley, you are so talented. All right. This is the final Jeopardy. Everyone write down your points. So, Sal, give us Wait, a how tally. Right, the tally. All right. I have 10 Troy has nine, Matt has nine, Nick has six, and TJ with a goose egg. That would be me too, TJ. I'm going to wager them all. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm hosting now, because I cannot do wrestling trivia. I can only host. Apparently, I do pretty good questions. Though, so. All right. This is a tough one. So everyone put up your points. Sal, what are we, what are we risking? You're the leader here. I'm putting them all up, 10 points. Wow, he's put up all 10 Nick, six, and Matt, what do we got? All in, baby. <laughs> oh, not in Troy. I guess you're going to have to go all in if you want to win this. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go all nine. All nine. All right, then. Here is the final question. If it's too hard, let me know. I'll, I'll give a secondary one. All right. Name the main event. Of the WWF in your house, 25, Judgment Day, that took place on October 18th, 1998, at the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois. Jeez. And then just for clarification, Judgment Day was actually, at all the WWF in your houses, that actually became an actual review moving forward as Judgment Day. I like DX in your house. <laughs> what year was this? Judgment Day, what year? It was 1998. 98. October 18th, 1998. The Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois. It's a tough one. This is why it's Final Jeopardy, boys. We have Listen, Actually, I, I like this question. I don't know if I know it, though, but I like it. Wrestling um, trivia. We, we, we come hard here at the Scoreboard Addict Podcast. If you want to you win, you got to know a lot about your wrestling uh, history. So we got a little Alright. Everyone's faces are struggling. Is everyone ready? Wait, what year was it? 1998. 98. Oh. 
Oh, 98? Fuck. <laughs> I feel like this was the pay-per-view before, but I'll go with it. All right, let's go around. We'll go with TJ, who's the lowest with the zero-point wrist. <laughs> I uh, drew a picture of Miss Kitty's boobs from memory. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually pretty solid. <laughs> Get me plusted over here. We're going to have to go over that out. I think that deserves at least... <laughs> Two points, two boobs, two <laughs> points for sure. Give him, you know, we'll give him, we'll get a deviate here. Give him three points, Sal. Let him finish with three points. Dick, <laughs> um, what do we got? I, I put down mankind versus the rock. Oh, that is a good guess, but that is incorrect. Yeah, I figured as much. All right, uh, let's go with uh, Troy. What do we got? I'm wrong, but uh. Stone Cold versus The Undertaker. That is actually extremely close. This is actually a really good guess, but you are incorrect. Yeah. Matt, I hope no one – you can't change your answer, Matt. This is integrity here. Flip them over. <laughs> no, I, it's, I'm reading it, and then I'm going to flip it. I have Austin versus Dude Love with Vince as the ref. Oh, God, no. That was unforgiven. Sal, what do we got? Uh, Undertaker versus Kane. He's got it. Wow! wow. <laughs> Holy shit! Wait, wait a minute. Was that was that when Stone Cold was the ref? Dig, dig, dig! I wish we had nice. the soundboard. Sal, hundred. I thought that was SummerSlam. That's why I got confused. All right. I am super proud of our intern. We put him up. We we're like, here comes the questions. That's... We want to see what you know, wow. Sal, and you. Wow. Ace this test. Sal that was our awesome. week three champion of the scoreboard addict trivia. And you Gumped nailed up. that question. That question We're not worthy. So Troy was very close because Troy was involved in Undertaker and Stone Cold, but it was Stone Cold was our special guest referee, and it was uh K versus Undertaker. It so, was some combo of Undertaker, Kane, and yeah. Austin for like a year. So <laughs> I was thinking mm-hmm. roadblock, the triple threat yeah. slash handicap match. That's what that's what I first thought of. But I think the one I wrote was Unforgiven. Yeah, it was Unforgiven. Uh, that was the main event. That was also the first Inferno match, Kane and Undertaker. Yes. Wow. I, I thought for years they said that Kane was the uh, – that was his specialty match was the Inferno match, but he never won. Yeah. Never, never you could almost put money down that he was the only one that had all his clothes on, so he was going <laughs> to get set on fire. He would like go yeah. under the ring apron, put on the fire sleeve, and all of a sudden he's coming out with like a North Face bubble jacket on his arm. Oh, so the first two times and he trips into the flame. The first two times <laughs> that he got set on fire, one was his boot that was clearly covered in alcohol or something, and the yeah. second time was his glove that was clearly covered in alcohol. And for some reason, he decided I'm going to touch X Pac with X Pac with this glove, which I wish he would have because X Pac sucks. Um, and then somebody came oh. over and sprayed him. Well, uh, now that I'm thinking about that, that event was in North Carolina, which is the home of Ric Flair, who was having contract disputes with WCW at the time, and he was literally in a car wow. circling the building Come with on. his son. Alex Rodriguez is not overrated. At the ripe old age, I do agree about the ten thousand years the old. Is not circling the arena. Yes. <laughs> Listen, if David Ortiz is in the Hall of Fame, then. I can't believe Everyone's Matt agrees all of that. Now. Matt agrees I, with all of that that's in the disclaimer. It's crazy. He does this every I, week. He, he agrees to random things to come on the show. I just don't get it. Well, I, I didn't notice that. So, this is um, terrible. 
Troy, thank you so much for being on. We do appreciate oh, you. Once again, uh, I do have um, we do have a commercial for you before you leave, but we also have this. I pulled up your things. So this is where you could find them at Main Event Marks. They're available Spreaker, uh, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Similar to us, we're both part of the Belly Up Sports Network. So, Troy, we appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, you could join us again uh, in the future. We do have a different guest yeah. for next week already lined up, and then I have one for two weeks out. So, if you want to get back in line, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you back on if you want to try to, to tempt the, the Rook's crazy wrestling trivia. That's uh, was pretty difficult, right? What do you what do you get my grade on these questions? Oh, man, it was it was obscure. So uh, some of it. So <laughs> I, I I like that. That makes it harder when it's a little more obscure. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I do appreciate it once again. Matt, thank you again for joining us the second straight week. We do oh, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed the questions. The only thing that was missing was like cue cards because they were on point. They were super mm-hmm. professional. It's a very professional podcast. The cue card is he blows goats. <laughs> I have proof. <laughs> Matt, I when, I, when uh, I make this podcast my full time, I'll start writing up index cards for you. I, I do that at the very <laughs> least. You need a, a game show blazer or something like that, something with right? checkers on it. Yeah, right, well, I'll, I'll do it. I do have the star microphone. Blazer. I'll do it next yeah, all, get, get, get the long microphone. microphone exactly. There we go. <laughs> yeah, the long microphone. Oh, that is funny. All right, well, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Troy. We Before do appreciate Matt it. goes again. Uh, Matt and I yes. have been doing a little something on the side. Under the scoreboard addicts purview, uh, we're going to have our, uh, again, that is called In This Very Squared Circle. And if anybody who watches wrestling knows that uh, that's a Vince McMahon reference, uh, In That Very Ring, but there's already a podcast with that name. So throw a little squared circle in there because of Matt. He's doing it with (laughs) me a little bit. You'll see some quick clips, our favorite WrestleMania moments leading up to the WrestleMania uh, we'll have some discussion about uh, our favorite wrestlers, our Mount Rushmores of wrestling, if you will. Uh, we'll throw a lot of shade at WCW, and uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, you'll see that coming out over the course of the next few weeks leading up to Mania, which, by the way, I thought about it today. God, like, Vince McMahon's a fucking genius, because that's a great name for a fucking pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania? Like, just yeah. think about that. Go back in time. It's pretty simple. Go back in time thirty yeah. something years, right? And name something, and now it just sounds like it belongs. I yeah. think I think actually Howard Finkel, the, yeah. the announcer, came up with it. I think Did he gave he? the idea for that because I remember him in an interview. He said, I, "Beatlemania," talked mm. about Beatlemania, and then that's right, named WrestleMania. You guys are fucking nerds. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thank That's you, Troy, again for joining us. I know you got to go. Matt, thank you again. We'll have you on another time. And Sal, we're going to say goodbye to you real quick. We'll, we'll see you again. All, All right. right. We're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Event Marks brings you the best of retro wrestling every single Wednesday. Walking Wrestling Encyclopedias of Troy and Gray review the best, most, and most hilarious of wrestling past. I have to do that again. Sorry, that messed up. <laughs> three and a half stars. I gave it what three. What the hell about this match was three? Hey, yeah, I know, right, dude? I gave it two. I barely gave it two. Before we review an event, we put you back in that time when we cover the biggest wrestling news and notes surrounding the show. Brian Ritz decided to give Super Crazy a push after watching Nacho Libre. Oh, that's not racist at all. <laughs> God dang it. I don't even know how to take that, man. The podcast goes live every Wednesday, and new content posts almost daily on our YouTube. Go to linktr.ee forward slash main event marks for all of our podcast links. That's linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Snap into the main event marks, brother. The main event marks is brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. All right, and we're back. Sorry about that. I... This is the first time we were doing it. It was a little large, so I couldn't do the regular way where we just play it and stream it through the as if it was another uh, camera on there. So it was a little messed up, but it was actually a really good promo that Troy made. Um, it's actually really cool. So hopefully, uh, you know, try to fix that in post, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to, over to TJ and Nick. This is your guy segment. We're going to talk New York Rangers before we go back to uh, Stat Guy Sal with NBA. So. NHL Rangers, let's go, boys. Just uh, just to clarify, today is Wednesday. The Rangers play the Blues today. The return of Pavel Buchnevich to, uh, to against the Rangers. Um, it, it started out rocky. They're giving us uh, heart attacks. And uh, the Rangers pull out a W, uh, 5-3 against the Blues. Um, I didn't get to catch the whole game. I'm, again, I'm out here in Nashville at a bachelor party, so we, I was out at a cigar bar. But I caught the end just now as we uh, – we were going through the show. Um, I think it was a, a, a gritty win. I mean, again, the power play is where we make our money. Once again, the power play was huge, and that and that's how we win the game, 5-3. Uh, um, but uh, I don't know, T, did you watch the whole game? I didn't catch the whole game. I know that we've been on a little bit of a losing streak that we just ended, thank God. Yes. But, uh, you know, Shesterkin, great as always over yeah, the, I mean, the last couple of games. I think uh, the Rangers got absolutely uh, shown how important Igor Shosturkin is because they played about 37 solid minutes, and then all of a sudden the floodgates opened with uh, three goals on three shots in about two and a half, three minutes. Um, it just goes to show you that uh, the way this team is built, Shosturkin is, you know, he, he's the backbone, he's the bread and butter. Uh, he's got to come out every night and, and just, you know, Play, play to his save percentage and stop 95% of the shots on net. Um, it, it's just that how the team is built. It's kind of reminiscent of how the Rangers, when they made that run against the Kings at, with, with Lundqvist, how we were very, you know, centered around Lundqvist, standing on his head every single night to be good. Um, the Rangers have the ability to score a whole bunch of goals 
but it seems that they're the type of team to get up by a goal or two and then try to grind it out for the win. So that that was a little disheartening. It was a little scary there. Um, the, just on three shots, three three straight shots, three minutes of play to to go from being down uh, up two zero to down uh, three to two. That's rough. I mean, and like you said, we're sitting here having heart attacks because we just came off of two awful losses. That loss to the Penguins sucked. One nothing. I mean, and, and I thought we played a great game. We just couldn't get anything in the net, and then we got shellacked by. Uh, the Canucks. So um, we needed this win. We needed the bounce back. It, um, I think at, at this point, going through, you got the the Devils, which you know, hopefully they uh, they should roll right through. The Devils are having a really horrible season. You know, they're they've been having a tough stretch of seasons. So the Devils game should be a win, and then we do Winnipeg Wild, the Blues again, uh, Stars, and then uh, the Ducks. So. It's uh, it's definitely a lot of must-win games in there. Coming down to the wire, uh, we need as many points as we can get because teams like the Penguins are coming on strong and not letting up. You know, they had a slow start, and they exploded, and you don't want to give any wiggle room to uh, teams that are in the chase. So, Lafreniere with another goal tonight. Got yeah, dude, he, he's he's looked good. Um, he, he's, he's playing to where we all thought he should have been playing all along. And it's kind of hard because you forget how young he is. And he's got nothing but time to grow and, and become, you know, the number one overall pick for us. It, it, it's the, I, I still see a lot of upside to him. And the way he's been playing lately, he's seemed to now get the idea of you got to join in every play. Back check, forecheck, you got to grind it out. And I was going to say, the Rangers did grind it out um, right before the floodgates opened and we let those three goals in. I mean, the way we were working down low behind the, you know, the net and working the boards, it, it's insane. And seeing people like, you know, uh, Reeves get involved and, and just dominating along the boards, not just physically, but being able to hold the puck out and just swing it back around to the defense. That's the one of the Rangers' strong points. I mean, I think solid, solid defense right now from this team um, through every line. I, I think that's that's something that you, you just can't, it's going to pay off and it's going to pay off big time come the playoffs when everything gets tighter and goals are few and far between. You need to sol- each line of defense has to be just like anybody else's top line. And I think we have that right now. And I want to see that continue, you know, going forward and going into the playoffs. And uh, another great surprise for us. Uh, I wouldn't call it a surprise, but we're seeing somebody come into his own Keandre Miller looking better yeah. and better every game. He looks more confident with the puck. Uh, and I think we can attribute it to that one uh, shootout. I mean, uh, the, the the game against the Kraken that I was at, he scored the game winner, yeah. and then he shoots a he gets that uh, opportunity in a shootout. Now uh, it, it becomes a conversation that he oh he was a forward before he played defense. Right. Uh, but I, I see him using that long, uh, lanky body. Yeah, he's a big guy, and he's, he's got the speed, dude. The, the, he's explosive. So I, I like seeing him join the rush. I like seeing him come down low and get involved. I, I, you know, I like that aggressive style of play that he has. I like, I love when defense, you know, turns into an offensive weapon. And you've seen that in spurts from different people. And, you know, Fox has been carrying that torch big time this year and last year. But, you, you know, Jacob Truba can come down and play the puck. And then watching him, you know, Keandre Miller come in and join the rushes and, you know, lead the rushes with that speed. I, I mean, 
the Rangers right now have a great mix, and that that's you know getting into the next point. Everybody is pushing really hard for you know that JT Miller. That seems to be the only person that everybody's keying in. At least the sports media around here is keying in on uh, almost the missing piece that we need. And I don't see it that way. I don't think he's that good of a playmaker that he's going to make the difference between you know a first or second round exit or going to the Stanley Cup. I don't think he's that much of you know. I, I would rather see like a Forsberg or somebody like that come in than. And, 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 you know, don't disrespect to JT Miller. He's a great player. He's got 20 goals on the season. I think he has like 40-something assists. So he, he's involved, but I I don't see the need to give away the farm for JT Miller, who is essentially going to be a rental and is going to put us into Hawk Moore going into next season where we already have some cap space issues. Yeah, uh, the whole JT Miller, there's a lot of, a lot of Capo Caco hate yeah. in relation to that. And I honestly, I understand people's frustration with him. I I, I do get it. Uh, I don't think people understand that he is a very very young, b learning to play on a on a smaller rink. Still, I mean, it, it, again, it's not a automatic thing. And I know what people are going to say, "Well, it's been three years. How long does he need?" Listen, it's been three weird years for everybody, for everyone. Okay. Uh, and then on top of that, coming in and you're playing in a country you've never been to before, uh, you don't know what he did. What he did back home to make him successful in the first place. So it takes a minute to really feel your way through. Just for an average player that's from Canada or the U.S. Right. getting to the NHL with all those expectations as a second overall pick in the draft. And I'm just saying, as the kid is what 22 years old. Let's give him a little time before we start throwing him to the wolves and saying, screw this kid, he's trash. We should Absolutely. trade him for the next big, uh, I don't know, four-month rental or, or something like that. And honestly, again, no disrespect to JT Miller. He's not Connor McDavid. Right. He's not going to make a difference to the franchise where we're going, wow, how did we ever live without JT Miller? That's not going to happen. Right. You know, He comes over to the Rangers and he falls in that Chris Kreider area. Uh, and Chris Kreider is big for us, but honestly, Chris Kreider is big for us because he's from us. Yeah. If he was a free agent or if he was coming from someplace else, I don't feel like we'd have that same uh, that same like wow factor that we always right. talk about. Wow factor, you know. Um, you wouldn't be sitting there going, "Oh, look at it. you know, look at." If we were trading for Kreider right now, there'd be people going, "Yeah, I don't think so. I think this year is an aberration. It's it's an outlier." He's not right. going to do this every year. And I think JT Miller kind of falls into that category where he's good. He's very good, but he's not the guy that's going to put up Hall of Fame numbers that no. sell everything for. I'm not sitting here saying he can't help the team. Of course he can help the team, but are, are, are we really going to cut our legs out from under us and, and give away a third, a first-round pick, and, and, and two, if not three, prospects? Because they're asking for a lot on top of the fact that they're looking to make a run to the playoffs. You know, it, it seemed when they put him on the trading block, it seemed like they were, you know, an outlier. They weren't going to be there. And now they're playing some good hockey and they might be there. So now, you know, the asking price went up. It, they, it seems like they don't even really want to move him if they don't have to. So to, to take him on, to take his contract on for a rental, to give away a first and a third round pick and to, to give away some prospects is, is a little ridiculous. I mean, the other person that the Rangers have been looking to move is, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Gorgiev. No, Gorgiev. Yeah, and, let's move him into the fucking sun. I hate but, that, but see, this is the problem. And you know what? I, I, I like the 
the you know I think he should be moved because he's not a spot starter. He, he you just see that he needs to be in on the ice, you know, 65 70% of the time to get hot and, and he needs that on time ice, you know, to get where he needs to be cuz he's a good goalie. He really is a good goalie, but he just it's not easy to come in and play, you know, at 100% when you're only starting once every five games, six games. So it's it doesn't suit him. I'd rather see him go off to a team and be a starter somewhere else. But in the same time, people are so, you know, pushing for him to go that who, what do you really think you're getting? I mean, no one's giving up anything special for him. You, you might get a draft pick and, and some, you know, top 15 prospect from, a, from a, you know, another team. But do you think Kincaid can do just as good, if not a better job? As yeah. Then why I not trade so. Georgiev for anything? See, but the, what are you losing by trading him? Is the question. No, I understand that. So what are you it, it's just by keeping him. Right. It's just that, that with, when the talks come up, it, it seems everybody in New York media is like, yep, Georgiev has to get moved. But nobody has an answer for what you'd expect to get from him. Uh, I, it, honestly, to me, it doesn't make a difference. I don't think he's outperforming Kincaid. No. So I mean, it's it's like a, it's like if, it, let's say let's say uh, you're 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 winning games with anybody, right? And you have a guy on your team who's taking up space and honestly is a little bit of a liability. If you get anything for him, it's it's better than what you're getting from him. Especially since you have Kincaid, I I think Kincaid can play just as good, if not better, yeah, than Georgiev. And if that's yeah. the case, then why do we even have Georgiev? You could trade him for a bag of pucks, and it would be better than what you're getting right now. No, I listen. I, I think there's, you know, really no reason to keep him on the team. But the the push to just get rid of him for anything, I think we could be a little more strategic than that. Okay, that's fair enough. But I honestly don't know. Especially, I don't see what we could get for him, though. No, I know that's what I'm saying. I don't know what the you know fans think that you're going to get for him because in reality, if you got a second rounder, you'd be happy. Yeah, a late second. If you got a late yeah. second, you'd be thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely thrilled. I don't or know if you, you got, if, you got a, if you got a fucking, I don't know, a top nine, you'd be happy. I don't know who, but anything. Yeah. But uh, this week, Turk came out and said that he wants Filipino to play like Mika Zabanajad. What are your thoughts on that? I think they play two different types of games. No, so, so, so he said he wants, he says he sees that potential in Hedl and says, I need you to be a left-handed Mika. I don't see that. I just don't see that. Is that a tall order? It's a huge order. I mean, listen, Zibanejad's a beast and from both sides of the puck, but Zibanejad, he has that vision, man. He has that ability to get in the right spots and make a play and move that puck or get in a position to put the puck in the net. I mean, and and, and he's got that finesse too. I don't see uh, Philip Heedle having that. Um, I think he's a great player. Um, I know a lot of fans are a little down on him, thinking that you know he should be more than what he's producing. But I think he fits in well with this team because the Rangers right now are just winning on group efforts and you're getting points from all over the ice. So I, I think he's he's not going to be the playmaker that Zibanejad is. But I don't think everybody's looking at the downside of Heedle. I, I, I don't know. they Like putting him into a package for, for JT Miller, understandable, no problem. But a first, a third... Him and then two two prospects. I I don't dislike Heedle that much. I think he brings more to the table than just packaging him up and sending him away. All right. Um, 
My the one player game... I, I want to say that I, I actually really enjoy watching, and he he had a great game tonight as far as you know moving the puck around is uh, Greg McKegg. I, I feel like he's he's got a great hockey sense. I think that for what he does and what the Rangers are using him for, I think he definitely goes with the program. He moves that puck around tonight uh, around the boards, especially down low. He was in the offensive zone. You know, he was able to hold on to the puck, make a couple moves, take a couple body checks, and and, and keep the play alive. So I want to see more of that. I, I think the key to the Rangers winning and continuing to have success is getting that 100% effort all around from all four lines. And you need players like that. Yeah, I agree. I, the one guy that gets on my nerves on a regular basis is Julian Gauthier. The guy is – you know who he is? He if, if We're talking NFL. He's the guy that has 8,000 pressures. With no sacks. Yeah. I've never seen a guy drive the net so hard, so close, so many times, and miss. And it yep. drives me crazy. I'm like, dude, just put it in. You're there already. And he does it so much. It just drives me up the wall. I'm like, dude, you're, you're six inches away, and you're, you're taking a slap shot, and you're missing the net by three feet. And it drives me up the wall. But he's got a lot of potential. If he could just finish a damn drive, he'd be great. Dude, I, I you know what? It's killing me because I feel like he – from what we saw earlier in the year and for what this team is and, and how we have to grind it out to win games. I, I, I mean, how much do we miss play? Uh, Dude, he, he had that hot start where he was just involved and yeah, hundred percent. I want to see something stupid happen. I, I, I really want to see something stupid happen. Uh, what in two days when we play the, yep, uh, Devils. that being said, the New York Rangers play the devils on Friday, which this will air on, on, uh, on Burns on Friday. Um, and then Winnipeg on Sunday, upcoming games, and then Tuesday we're at we're at the Wild after leaving uh, Canada. We're heading out to Minnesota, eh? Uh, and, Canada uh, South. Say again. Canada South. Yeah. Um, and that's uh that's the upcoming Rangers schedule. Hopefully we'll get some. We'll continue this little run we're on right now. We won today. Uh, hopefully we go in and uh, or not go in, but play the Devils on Friday. Toss them a whooping that they can't forget, and uh, you know continue going in a positive direction as we are. And I think that closes up hockey for uh, for the scoreboard addicts this week. But we're going to move on to does a Gen a Z no? Does Gen Z no? That's our new set, or not? It's not a new segment anymore, but it's one of our more popular segments with the childrens. The childrens love it. Yeah, check it out on TikTok. We got some. Uh few hundred views <laughs> i don't know if that's popular or not but it does pretty well uh the does does gen z know so i know uh nick you have a question uh i'll let you get to that when you want to actually just ask it now before we get yeah, to the- here, here it is here it is all right does gen z know i don't have the music this week because like i said i'm on the road on the um road. in the 90s a pair of brothers starred in their own tv shows both of those brothers guest starred on each other's tv show what were the name of those shows? Ooh. Or if you can name the brothers. A hint. The brothers are not twins. They're probably like five years apart in age. And they each had their own shows. Just they had their own show on ABC, both of them. Yes. Uh, what channel? ABC. 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 Right, look, I think TJ knows. T- I think <laughs> TJ probably knows it. Yeah. Um... Was it like a kid's show or was it a cartoon or just a regular show? One was a sitcom and one was a drama. Oh. Yeah. 
Hair Brothers. Both family shows, though. Yeah, they're family. Both shows. family shows, yes. Are they brothers in real life? They're brothers yeah. in real yeah, life. Yeah, they're yes. brothers. Oh, I was gonna say Ray Romano and Brad Garrett. Everybody Robert. Two brothers in real life each have their own TV show and then guest starred on each other's shows at some point during their run. I have no idea. Tapping out? I'm tapping out on this one. The name of those TV shows were The Wonder Years and Boy Meets World. And the brothers uh, are Fred and Ben Savage. Ben Savage. Yes. I probably wouldn't have gotten that, but I've heard of those shows. I've definitely heard of those shows. I would hope right. so, considering The Wonder Years is being rebooted right now. And they already rebooted Boy Meets World with Girl Meets World. Yes, they did. That's true. All right, teach. I know you had a question. You didn't text it to me, so I guess you're going to. No, I, it, it's going to be a uh, audio question. Let me know if this comes in. It's going to be a two-parter. If he can get the first part mm-hmm. right, there'll be a follow-up question. Okay, All so right. listen, li- listen up. This is an audio clip. Tell me what '90s sitcom this is from. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, uh, what's the name? Uh, Home Improvement. Got it. Very good. Very good. Very good. Now, second part of that question. What is the neighbor next door to Tim Allen who you only see from the nose up? I used to watch that show like every day when I was a kid. Every day. Great job, Sal. Good job. I do want to uh, make note of last week was really funny. Nick was drinking his whiskey during the Y2K and you could see Nick like I kind of like he got it. I can't believe he got that. <laughs> it was it was awesome. It's really funny clip. Uh, that that's around TikTok actually, uh, and also in the belly up TikTok. So follow both those accounts. Um, and then we have the audio clue. So here we go. Does Gen Z know this '90s TV show theme song? Sal, name that show. Another reboot. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, Do you need a second clip? Yeah, I'm going to need a second one. Uh, I'm going to give you a shorter one now. I don't want to take up too much time for this. Sal, name the TV show. Yeah, you got me on this one. I have no idea. Show oh, that episode. No show it. <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible uh, buzzer. That TV show is.
I'll share it up there because the audio of the podcast is not going to do great. People are just going to listen to you do Hauser theme song for 30 Old seconds. MPH. That's amazing. I've never, I've never seen that before. Neil Patrick Hauser. What? You've never, you never watched How I Met Your Mother? The boy How King. I Met Your Mother? You've never watched How I Met Your Mother? No, I'm not a big fan. Oh, my goodness. So they rebooted this show, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew. No, I didn't know. It's it's oh, a, yeah, it's yeah, on this Doctor Doogie Mahalo who whatever yeah yeah on Disney Plus yeah because they're Plus completely they devoid it. of any new ideas yeah what really? channel was it on that was on this... I want to say it was on ABC but I don't think it was I think uh, it was on on NBC actually yeah I don't remember he's the boy genius who became a doctor at the age of like what 15, 14, what is he was he no like twelve wasn't it like, like 12. young young yeah oh it was oh yeah because it says fourteen year old delivers baby. Yeah, yeah. So he's younger than that. So he's a boy genius, basically. And Neil Patrick Harris was a star of the show. So that was NPH. And before he started doing drugs with Harold and Kumar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Getting shot in the back. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Uh, do we have any more Gen Z questions, boys? Or that's it? I think that's all we've got for this week. And even all if right. it isn't, I think we save them up for next week. There's always yes, next yeah. week, boys. He did. He did pretty well. I, he got. He got. I got one for three. One. One of three. I mean, we good. we can go uh, deeper into the one we got right. Uh, what was the name of the tool company that Tim the Toolman Taylor repped? Ooh. Well, his I show was Tool Time, right? Yes. Yeah, but what was the company? What was the the company that made uh, all the tools? It was Black that he... and Decker. Oh, oh, oh. I don't remember. Ooh, the correct answer is Binford. Binford Tools. Oh, that's Binford. Right. I couldn't remember that either. Actually, I just yeah. I struggled with I struggled <laughs> with that one too. That's a good one. All right, South. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye to you. We're gonna do a little MLB walkout. Uh lockout. actually you could just stick around for this because you you're an NBA uh, MLB guy. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. if we don't have enough time, we're gonna bump the NBA because New York teams suck right now. So you're we're not going lying. to debate of the week. We're going to talk about the MLB lockout. Go around the horn. We'll start with Nick, TJ, then we'll go Sal, and I'll close it. But who do we blame more? Um, so, wait, who's you're picking the sides of the owners? Who wants to be pro owner? Who wants to be pro player? I'll be pro owner. I'm, I'm pro player. Yeah, I'm, I'm pro player too. I'll take a pro owner stance with you, TJ. Let's double double team these guys. <laughs> While Nick wears a cowboy hat. Yeah. Go back. <laughs> All right, so, Nick. I mean, I mean, the longest, the longest short of this whole lockout situation, right? This isn't a strike. This is a lockout. So the owners are the ones that are not allowing the players to play, because the long, the, the truth of the matter is, and TJ can attest this as a union guy, is that if there's a collective bargaining agreement and it expires, then you continue to work under the old agreement until a new agreement is reached. So they could be working right now. They could be playing right now. We could all be enjoying baseball right now, but the owners won't allow it because the owners are greedy pieces of shit. I mean, let's let's look at the analysis. And, and, and a lot of people will sit there and say, well, the players are asking for a lot. And you're right, they are. And it's because they've gotten the short end of the stick for the last 30 years. Since, since 1994, they've gotten the short end of the stick. I mean, the, that, that's the, ultimately the truth of the matter. When they went on strike, ever since baseball has, like – quintupled the amount of income that they get since that time frame. But the players' salaries haven't been quintupled, at least not on the average. Yes, the top-tier Mike Trout players, they're, they're making big money. The, the Max Scherzers, they're making big money. But this season, there will be some rookie that, can, that will arguably become MVP, and he'll make 
And next season, he'll make $2 million. But he was the MVP. And it's not like football where players can hold out and go, well, listen, I know I signed a five-year contract uh, and I was supposed to make $20 million this year, but I want $50 million just because I fucking feel like it. Like, that's a football res- resolution, right? This is baseball. They can't even negotiate a new contract until like six years down the road. And then you've got o- uh, owners and teams and franchises, right, manipulating people's time so they can't get six years. And I think we all noticed it more specifically with Chris Bryant, where they clearly he was the best player on the Cubs. And they sent him down to the minors for two weeks just so that he could not get credit for that year and be stuck on the Cubs for another year without getting a free agent deal. And then now he goes to free agency. He's one year older and 30 looks a hell of a lot older than 29. And he's getting a lesser deal than he would have at age 29. So ultimately the owners waited like 70 days to start negotiations for this. And then they made an arbitrary time frame to say, well, if we don't, if you don't succumb to our wants and what we're saying by this day, you're going to lose pay. This is on no, I don't care what anybody says. This has nothing to do with the with the players. The players have been getting screwed for years. Minor league players are they, they're borderline homeless kids. I mean, you, you, we have gone to minor league ballparks. We have talked to the players. They stay at like rundown Holiday Inn Expresses, and they get per diem that barely covers lunch. And I'm feeling bad for the owners, the multi billion dollar owners. And the, and the the problem that we have is that these owners. 70 years ago, when they first started owning teams, it was because the owner went to the yacht club with the other owners, and he wanted to one-up them about owning yachts, right? Because your yacht can only get so big. So they're over there showing off their schooners, and they go, oh, well, I got a yacht too. So what does that guy do? He buys a, a sports franchise. But it's not good enough to just own a sports franchise. It has to be a winning sports franchise. So he he was a shipping mogul or he was a newspaper mogul or he was a bubblegum mogul and having a winning baseball team or a football team was just something else that he did on top of whatever his main gig was now we've moved into a new generation of owners that their main gig is sports and they refuse to invest in that sport because they want an immediate return on investment and that's not how it works you don't become the yankees overnight you have to build it, and they refuse to build it. So I have zero sympathy for the owners. I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for the players. And I, I honestly can't understand how anybody could blame the players for this. They've been getting screwed for years. TJ, your rebuttal, sir. I mean, it's not as much a rebuttal as I understand exactly where he's coming from. Um, I, I I appreciate all those points that you just made because you're right. Ed, it's hard to feel bad for multi-billionaires, but – Everybody looks past the business side of things. And for the last two years, the MLB owners have taken a significant loss. So whatever concessions that they were making to the players, the players seem to just be asking more and more. And, I mean, the problem with the MLB is the small market teams, okay, and you want to raise the the minimum for uh, players. I'm not going to feel bad for a guy that just got told, all right, you're going to make 400 Now you're saying, no, I want 500000 400 isn't enough. Fuck you, 400 isn't enough. Okay? When you play minor league ball in the hopes of one day reaching the pretty much impossible, even when you get to the minor league level of being an MLB player or a well-played MLB player, a superstar, okay, you know what it is going into it. I didn't start up to be a garbage man and say, I got to pick up garbage. Nobody fucking told me that. I'm not going to be rich. I'm not going to own a yacht. You know what you're getting into. You know it's a fucking long shot thinking that you're going to go into the MLB and be rich. 
but you're still making well above what the normal fucking person makes to play a kid's sport. And you're just you, – everything the MLB threw at them, they poo-pooed. Listen, I understand the MLB is taking a little kind of cheating tactics. They're going right to the media. They're, they're trying to be the first one to tell the teacher that something went wrong, even though they're the one stirring the fucking pot and creating the issue. I understand that. But they're winning at doing it, okay, because they're laying out the concessions that they're making, and they're showing that they're giving raises, and they're showing that they're, they're doing things that are going to help a, a, and raise the income level of every player in the MLB. I understand what you're saying with the whole, you know, playing that game of moving somebody down to the minors. I hate that shit. I do. But I, I, I can't sit there and feel bad for somebody that's bitching and moaning over an extra $100,000 minimum pay. Okay? I can't feel bad for guys that play in the MLB a certain amount of time. You still get a retirement. It's not like these guys leave the MLB in 10 years. Right. But, you're again, you're not going into this job. Right, you're not going into the minor league saying I'm going to be a fucking journeyman and not make the MLB. In your mind, the goal is to make the MLB and stay in the MLB. So if if you know the risks going in, you can't sit there and bitch and say that I'm not a multimillionaire. This isn't fair. But the owners are billionaires. That's business. That's how it's run. It, like I don't see the CEO of McDonald's paying a fucking cashier ten twenty million dollars. It, it's not happening. That's just the way the business model works. That's capitalism. That's free fucking market. If you're laying out the money and taking all the risk, why would you continuously just keep bumping up your players? They're making well above that. I mean, look at when, when fucking Mickey Mantle and all these guys were playing. Half the guys on the team had second fucking jobs. So we've come a long way from that. These guys are making pretty damn good money. And to sit there and, and, and try to nickel and dime every little bit you can get from the owners... And, and, and the loudest voices in the room are people like Marcus Stroman. Dude, sit the fuck down and shut up. You're getting paid a lot of money to suck 50% of the time. Like, enough. And you know what? The, the whole collective bargaining, and I understand that you can't go to the table and say, well, I had a phenomenal year, so I want this. If that was the case, I'd be on the owner's side with that, too. Because I, I, I would rather be fucking Hal Steinmeier sitting there and, and telling fucking, uh, what's his name, Um Give me a second because I, 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 I scratched his name out of my mind this entire offseason. Um, Gary Sanchez? Labor Torres? No, no. Not just Gary Sanchez. Um, Judge? No, no. Aaron Judge. Hicks? No. Well, yeah, Aaron Hicks. You, you know what? Fuck it. Aaron Hicks. Hey, Aaron Hicks, we're taking back 90% of your contract because you fucking done nothing. They can't do that. The MLB can't do that. Can they? No, they can't. No. So they're getting paid. You know what contract you're signing. You know what you're supposed to get paid. If you exceed that level of play and you want to move on, guess what? You got three years left in your contract? Put up three fucking great years of numbers. And I'm not saying that's easy to do, but you know what you're stepping into when you're saying, I want to become a professional baseball player. You don't have a choice, though. You do have a choice. No, I'm saying is if you want to play baseball, you're stuck playing for Major League Baseball. That's it. You're stuck there. Like that's That's the pinnacle of the game. And the way the CBA was already built, you're fucked for six years. Aaron Judge makes less than a rookie quarterback in the NFL. And he's got six years in the, in the MLB. Right. But that's and he's, and he's among the top ten players in the league. Yeah, no shit. And he's going to get paid. He is going to get paid. Let's not act like he's not going if to get paid. If he tears his ACL this year, he's not getting paid. But d- did he not know that going in? I get that. and That's why we're doing this. So that the next guy doesn't have to worry about it. That's the whole point. Well, let's move on to Sal. Yeah, but you're just but you're you're essentially saying let's let's give away money and give guaranteed money 
or contracts to players that might not pan out, but because, you know, we're going to raise it. These guys have to be well off and rich once they hit the MLB. That's the way it is. That's not the fucking way it is. And, and let's not forget that most of these top-tier guys still get paid because of endorsements and other things. They have supplemental income. So, so it, the I'm not going to sit here and feel bad for fucking professional athletes that want to nickel and dime for more and more and more when they're making, on average, 10 times more than the fucking household in America. And, and the owner's making 900 times It's more. his money that he's laying out. He's it not. It's his money dad's money, money that he laid out. It's not. That's not true out. at all. That's not true at all. How many, how many, fucking, didn't lay out shit. How many teams are owned in, in professional sports owned by conglomerates? People wanting a return on their fucking investment. But they're not investing. That's the issue. Well, when you're a, a corporation, guys, you are investing. Running short on time. So move on to Sal. Thank you, TJ, for your statements. Uh, Sal. Yeah. I, I'm I'm on the player side, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not really on anybody's side. I, I kind of feel more bad for, you know, stadium workers that are going to lose a paycheck to small businesses around stadiums that are going to lose profit because they're not going to get any profit because there's going to be no baseball potentially. So I, I, I feel bad for those people that are going to lose a check. So... Agreed. And of course, I feel bad for the fans. Those are the people that are getting a kick in the face right now. So uh, I, I'm more on their side than a player's side or an owner's side. Um, I, I do think the owners and Manfred are a big problem. I don't think they're a fan of baseball. I don't think they like the game of baseball. they put people in charge that couldn't tell you a thing about baseball. They probably haven't watched an inning of it. So uh, on that note, I am on the player side when it comes to that. I think there needs to be different people in charge of baseball. Manfred smiled canceling the first. Yeah, he he did. Nick, I do love, listen, I do love your points. I get the reason why the players are doing it regarding the lockout thing though. If they did end the lockout, and the players continued on their current CBA, they eventually could strike as well. So the owners did that as a defensive measure because the players are probably going to strike anyway, so they did a lockout. All right? That's my statement on that. The owners offer them the largest value increase uh, for minimum salary for a younger player than ever before in the history of the MLB. So they're getting more money for minimum, and they were offering that much money. So that was on the table for the players to take it or leave it. Um, the playoff increase, apparently if the playoff increase leaves the 14 to 12 teams, uh, they are, they would make $89 million increase of revenue. So if we're going to increase the playoffs, then we'll increase the CBT, the, the oh, I'm sorry, the competitive balance tax. Uh, and then we'll also have more money to play, pay you guys, but you need, in order for us to get the revenue in, we need to expand the playoffs. We need to make this $89 million to pay you guys more money. You want more money. We can't just come up with that out of nowhere. We need to have an actual stream of revenue to come in, which is why the playoff increase, I don't like it. I think it's stupid for baseball to have 14 teams at the playoffs, but I get why they're requesting it because if you want more money, we got to make it somehow. We can't just create money. All right. Um, also, they were giving up the service time thing. They actually were going to increase that. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, decrease that the service time to the players. So that was one of their main issues, the service time thing. Uh, and then you were mentioned the minor league players. So minor league players don't matter right now because uh, the players 
what the CBA is doing for major league players, not the minor league players. So uh, only the guys who are on the 40 man roster would be considered because those guys in the 40 man roster with the lockout cannot play in minor leagues. So the other 13 guys that are still in the minors. Yeah. But okay. the CBA doesn't, the CBA never deals with that though. So you can't be like, we're going to help the minor leaguers by what we're fighting for in the CBA. It is. Once not. they become 40 man roster guys, then yeah. For those 40 man rosters guys, but not the entire minor league. Most of the guys that we know as single A live in a shitty, you know, whatever, Holiday Inn Express are single A, double A guys. What about those guys? How are you, how are you setting up for those players? We're running short of time. But like I said, the, the CBT was going to be raised 5%. It was going to go up a little bit, and then maybe eventually, maybe even increase. It would have been a little more money for the players, as long as we expand the playoffs to bring more revenue in. Um, I know you're biting at it. Well, you seem I, like I just, you really. I, I just don't like the whole argument of well, the the owners keep getting richer. That's how fucking shit works. I mean, you're not going to walk into a job and say, "Hey, I'm here for to fill your office manager position, but I also want to make fucking four hundred eighty thousand dollars this year." It's not Very fucking true. happening. Very now, cool. I just want to point out, 12 years ago, the Yankees have the pretty much the same payroll that they had back in 2009 when they were in the World Series, except that they're making about four times as much money. So Hal Steinbrenner is just taking that money and putting it in his pocket. He's not investing it in That's the franchise at all. all though, the San yeah. Diego Padres had a higher payroll than the Yankees last year. All right, well, I think we're going to keep this debate going. Yeah, keep it going air. because you know what? It, to- it costs more to fucking turn left. the lights on in Yankee Stadium for a fucking night than it does to pay a fucking player for one goddamn uh, season. And they so you're, you're just looking past whole... all the fucking – you're looking past everything it costs to run a team. I don't give a fuck how much it costs Hal Steinbrenner. And right. you think he needs a fucking Fuck Hal Steinbrenner. <laughs> fuck all the owners and their rich asses. But that's all we have us for us here at the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. We appreciate you guys being with us. We'll see you again next week, and we're out like fat kids in Dodge. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 